I have on occasion hired people who kind of have a victim mentality and we talk about that a lot as we teach leaders how to hire and how you should stay away from hiring people that believe that their success is based more on circumstances than it is on their own accountability. Hi, and you just entered the Leadership Gym. I'm Randy Hall, I'm an executive coach and leadership consultant, and this is the place where we work on our ability to lead our team, lead our business, and yes, lead ourselves. If you are looking to improve your capabilities as a leader, you are in the right spot. And I'm glad you're here for this episode because this one's gonna be a little different for me, and actually, I hope I'm gonna have a little fun with it. We're gonna talk today about my mistakes as a leader. What's really interesting is as you get to work with lots of different leaders, and I have the privilege of doing that on a regular basis, that I get to understand where they think they should have done things differently, which is incredibly educational for me along the way. And so in the hope that this will be helpful for you too, I want to share some of the things that I've done ridiculously wrong during my journey as a leader. The, the other thing I want to make sure that shows up here is that there's no such thing as leaders that don't make mistakes. There's just ones that learn from what they do next after the mistake and they continue to improve and develop. And certainly we hope that that's the path we're on. Although I will say there's sometimes I feel like I've made some mistakes over and over again and I'm a slow learner in some areas. But I wanted to walk through at least a few of them for you. Uh, We probably don't have time to do all of my mistakes, (laughs) but I do want to go through a couple. As I think about my own journey through leadership and as I get to sort of work with leaders that are on that journey on a daily basis. Uh, So first of all, I started out in leadership. I was fortunate to, to land a role with authority, managing a team right out of college. Now, that was foolish for anyone to give me authority at 22, but they did. And so I got to spend some time sort of figuring out how to do that and made a lot of mistakes, obviously, early on. And then I went into a sales career for a while, so I was there for about six years, moved back into management roles and then learning and leadership development roles and ultimately had the privilege of leading learning and leadership development for multi-billion dollar corporations. So uh, got to experience a lot of different chances to mess things up, (laughs) to, to hire people over time, to lead them incorrectly, to cause cultures that, that I wanted to change or didn't show up the way that I thought they should have to have disengaged people around me and try and figure out how do I get them re-engaged and how did I get them disengaged in the first place. And so I boiled down a couple of these just to walk through and to, to give you some snapshots from my career that I think are important to me and hopefully are important to you as well. And I would say that the bulk of the mistakes that I've made that stick with me are in the hiring area. There are times where I've hired people that either weren't the right people for the role or maybe even at that time weren't the right people for me as a leader. I wasn't in a place with my ability to lead that I could handle wide variations in the kind of person that I brought on board. And I see this a lot when I'm working with people. They have what they believe to be a leadership style that they operate in that's most comfortable for them. 
And so they work to hire this certain kind of person that they can coach. And one of the things that we work through is, hey, how can you become a more versatile leader where you can lead and coach and motivate and support and and help a more diverse team? And some leaders get there and some leaders are still on that journey. But that's a process that we actually use to help people get to that place. But I do think it's also a consideration if you know you're not there yet to hire somebody way outside of your skill set in terms of your ability to connect with who they are, how they're motivated, what's in front of them, where they want to go, how you can support them as they get there. If there's not a fit there, they're going to struggle too. And maybe we're not doing the right thing for them. And so it's it's kind of a multi-pronged problem. One, let's get better at managing a diverse team of people. And also, let's make sure that we don't set people up for failure because we hire them outside of our ability to teach or coach or develop them. That's not okay. Do the first one. That's the most important. Get better at leading a diverse group of people. And that's a really critical part of our journey. But sometimes I think I've made mistakes because I've said, boy, this person is very different from me. They don't think about things the way I do at all. And that's what I mean when I'm talking about diversity here. I'm not talking about how how maybe we commonly think of diversity in some other way. I am thinking about how people think, the habits they have, the attention to detail that they have, the things that they've had in their history that have motivated them. So I want to be clear on that. So as I think about that, people have been way out of my comfort zone and maybe too far. And I didn't adapt enough. So it was really interesting. Some of the things that I've done in hiring mistakes have been in that place. The other things that I think I have done is I've hired people that could think really well at 30,000 feet, but I never checked their ability to think at 30 feet. And so they were really good at big picture stuff. But if I was putting them in a role that was an individual contributor role or something that had to execute exceptionally well, I didn't do them any favors because they weren't suited for that role. That's certainly a mistake that I've made in the past. I have on occasion hired people who kind of have a victim mentality. And we talk about that a lot as we teach leaders how to hire and how you should stay away from hiring people that believe that their success is based more on circumstances than it is on their own accountability. And I think on a couple of occasions, I've missed that in the hiring process. And because of that, I put people in roles that they were immediately going to struggle because of the way we've always worked on teams that I've been part of to build an accountable culture. And I haven't always gotten that right either, but we certainly want to move in that direction. And if we bring people that think that way onto the team, we can struggle. I have hired people that have a lack of resiliency. And that's a big challenge too, because one of the things that I do as a leader and one of the things that we encourage people to do as leaders is continually challenge people in terms of their ability to improve. So it's not I'm challenging you to meet this goal that I've set for you 
there's some pitfalls in that, but I am expecting that we all get better as we go and that we are constant learners and that we try and practice new things on a regular basis because it helps the business get better, it helps the team get better, we get to share those learnings. All in all, it's a better culture for a team depending on what we're doing and our level of performance. So we wanna make sure that we think about it that way. I have made hiring mistakes because speed became my metric. I was most interested in how quickly I could get people in there. And so it caused me to not examine people closely enough in the hiring process. And I kind of start with this hiring thing because if we don't get the right talent into our organization, we now have raised the bar on our level of difficulty for the coaching that we have to do, for the support that we have to do, for the time that it has to take. We want to invest time in people. We just want to get our return on that investment because we've also hired people that have an enormous amount of potential. And so if speed becomes our metric, I don't do that well. I've made mistakes because I have overlooked an area with someone because other things looked better. So I would say that, wow, they are so good here. They're so skilled in this area that I'm not going to worry about that derailer. Maybe they have, and it could be in how they think. It could be in how they approach the work. It could be in any of those things relative to the work that they do. But if I see it as a derailer, but I decide to overlook it because there's other good stuff, it typically doesn't work out all that well. People do end up staying in the ditch because of that thing. It's not about them not having any weaknesses. It is about them not having a big glaring one that I know we don't want on our team or doesn't fit with the kind of culture we're trying to build. And yet I think, oh, well, but this other stuff is so good, I'll take that too. So it's not about finding flawless. It is about understanding that if their thought patterns or their habits that they have would put them in a place on this team where they aren't able to be successful, it's a disservice to them. I have made hiring mistakes because I've liked the individual. And so I, I just tend to get along with them or be interested by them or feel like they are fun to talk to or that I get to learn some things from them. So I've liked the individual. As I start to think about that, I think, wow, this individual will be fun to work with. But oftentimes I've let that override whether or not they were the right fit for the role, the right kind of person to help us get better as a team, and the right kind of person to help us build the kind of culture that I wanted in the future, even if we weren't there yet. Sometimes people will fit with the culture we have, depending on where we are on our journey toward the culture we want. But what we wanna do is hire people that actually fit with the culture we want because then they help us get there. And so I've made that mistake a couple of times as well. One of the other mistakes I've made along the way is believing my press. And this is one that I think is easy for lots of leaders and I've probably made it on two occasions that I can think of. But we tend to believe things are fine if no one tells us otherwise. And also, we miss the point that most people tell the person in authority good things, both about them or about the way the team's working or about how the project went or about 
what they think they're going to accomplish next. It's generally positive stuff we get. I actually did a podcast episode on this talking about how we get lied to all the time. And this is important because if we buy into that without doing what we should as leaders, which means asking really good questions so that we uncover the truth, not just accept what we're told. And it's not about interrogating people, but it is about using questions that say, hey, tell me more about some of the things that you wish were different about this team. If you could change one or two things about the way we interact or the way I support you or the way I coach you or the way I set us up for success or the way that this project went, what would they be? That's very different than how did everything go? Because people are going to, given the opportunity, tell you the best story. I think the analogy I made was you get the made-for-TV movie, not the documentary. And to lead well, we need the documentary. We don't want the made-for-TV movie. And so there have been occasions where I realized down the road, because I either discovered it or someone finally shared with me, that I had been running us in a ditch in a couple of different ways. And then somebody finally said, hey, when you do that, it takes this team off track. Or when you do that, we kind of feel this way and that's not good for us. We tend to disengage or choose to work a little less or choose to put in a little less effort or however they said it. But the reality is that I was under the impression that I was leading at a very different level than I was actually leading because I didn't do the work to prepare for conversations so that I could ask questions that got me the truth. So that's still my fault. What's interesting is that as I discovered those things, my first thought was, well, why didn't you tell me? My first thought was to make it their fault that I didn't know. And that is a huge mistake as a leader. It is our fault. It is our job to go understand those things and to find out how to ask questions in ways that get us a better picture of them. Not to hope that those people are brave enough to go tell the boss he's being an idiot when I was. Right? People just generally aren't that brave. Occasionally, we'll come across someone who we build a, an enough trust with, we build a good relationship with, and they're willing to walk the plank there and to take that kind of risk. But it's unusual for that to be the case, and it's certainly not something we can count on or depend on, even though my first thought was, I can't believe these people didn't tell me this. This is their fault. I don't know this. It's absolutely not. It was completely mine. And so that's also a mistake. One, believing your press uh, because you didn't do the work. And then two, blaming others for what you don't know or don't understand or don't understand in a way that you need to in order to lead more effectively. That's a choice that you make to go get that information. Okay, another big mistake that I made. I said we didn't have time for all of them and, and we don't, but I'm going through quite, quite a few. Assuming that I learn with time. And this is one where I would think about, hey, at the end of this year, because I spent a year leading this team of people, I'm going to be better at it. At the end of two or three years in this job, I'm going to have this figured out simply because of the time. And the reality is that if my schedule doesn't look like a person who learns on a regular basis, then time itself 
won't really help that much because typically we as humans do the same things over and over. We don't do increasingly difficult things in a particular role where we don't have to or we're not asked to or challenges don't show up that way. And yes, there are people that regularly challenge themselves with more difficult things. But that's how they grow and learn, not with time by itself. And so there were often times where I was a little bit frustrated by the fact that I'd been in the job a couple of years and it didn't necessarily feel like I had a better handle on it. There were things that I knew more about. There was more information I had. I could probably make some of the connections between the people and the work and things like that a little differently. But I wouldn't say that I was playing the game at another level. I wouldn't say that I was at a place where I had come closer to mastery of leadership because I'd been doing it. And that's a long time when you think about what we could learn in a couple of years. And so I started to, to realize that what I'd been doing was not learning or practicing. It was just showing up and getting the work done in a very similar way to getting the work done the day before. And that's not how we learn. And so it was interesting when I got into a sales training role. So I was now responsible for training salespeople and I had just been selling for six years. Well, now I had to learn all the things I had to teach salespeople as they came in, as the trainer. And in the middle of the process, I went, wow, all this stuff I'm learning about how to sell really effectively, I wish I'd known for the last six years while I was selling at some other level. And I did okay, but when I compared myself to what was possible for me, I didn't do that well. I did pretty well compared to others in most cases and felt good about that. But when I started looking at what had been possible if I'd applied it, I felt like I had missed huge opportunities to grow and learn and do those things. And I felt like I progressed pretty well in my first year just because it was so much information and I managed to, to somehow consume it all and, and deploy most of it in my sales process. But I would say years three or four through six, I don't know that I took another step. I don't know that I got to a significantly different or more effective level there. And so we tend to stagnate in some roles over time because we don't plan to learn. Time alone does not teach us a thing. Time is simply a space that we can learn in if we choose to. And so that was a thing that I think I had to change my beliefs on quite a bit. I still have to change my beliefs there, and I think I still work with people that are trying to do that as well around leadership development because it's the same thing. We probably all know people that have led teams for years or maybe decades, but they're not necessarily leading at a different level than they were when they began. Learning, even around leadership, is something that we have to go consume. We have to practice on a regular basis. We have to challenge ourselves with new ways of thinking, new ways of having conversations, new ways of coaching, new ways of motivating, new ways of interacting with people on our team, new ways of organizing our week and our day, new ways of planning so we can be more effective. And if we're not trying lots of those all the time, 
we're probably not learning. If we're not consuming new information and new ideas and challenging some of the things we've believed for a long time and maybe need to be refreshed, then we are wasting that time. We are missing opportunities. And so leadership development is really the same as any sort of skill like sales. We only get better at it if we use the time to get better at it, not just by going through the time. That alone doesn't do the job. And so when I think about a lot of the mistakes that I've made, they have been around those kinds of things. Hiring well, getting the right people on the team, making sure that I'm using the right process for hiring rather than going with my gut or how this person felt or the pressures of time or any of those things. Believing my press, not finding the truth, but believing the truth that was easiest to look at in front of me and assuming it was truth, sometimes it was just a lie that was easiest to look at in front of me. And so making sure that I went in search of the right information and did the work there. Assuming that I would learn with time, certainly around sales and of course around leadership. All right, just a couple of things that I've messed up along the way of my own journey as a leader and Certainly things that I get to help people work on on a daily basis now and occasionally I'll hear new ones too as people start to discover mistakes as they think about getting better. And so just some things to think about as you are on your own leadership journey. Hey, if you like the conversations we have here and the discussions that are part of this podcast, do us a favor and leave us a five-star review. I hope we've earned that. I hope that we've earned a five-star review and that feels completely accurate when you click that five-star button. And if you get a chance, give us a few comments or write a few words down that, that you think represent the value that you got here. It does two things. One, it gives us feedback and we do know what we're doing well and we can double down on those things. So I don't want you to give me the made for TV movie. I still want the documentary, but it also does if it's a positive review. Uh, and in fact, if it's not, send me an email and let me know. I'm randy.hall at leadershipgym.com. Don't ever hesitate to use that if you have something that I could do significantly better here. I uh, would love to hear it. But in the review process, the other thing that the positive reviews do, if you feel that way, is help other people find us. And if they find this information, there is a chance that they will use it to lead differently. There is a chance that a conversation they will have with someone or an impact that they will have on a team or a legacy that they will leave will make a difference for someone else down the road forever. And maybe they'll pass it on. And so that's the kind of consistent approach to leadership we want to have. We want to be able to make those impacts on a daily basis. And you can help us by leaving a review that causes more people to check us out, to think about the concepts we're talking about here, and hopefully to lead at a different level themselves. So thanks for being here. I will see you soon. And until then, go make a difference.